0: hello everyone and welcome to the be unbound podcast my name is Victoria grant and if you listen regularly you will obviously know that I am not Ben Phillips who is our usual podcast host uh, but today we are doing a special episode of this podcast especially dedicated to missions um, so I'm joined by a few very special guests today that I am so excited to introduce to you uh, before we jump in just a really quick reminder that early enrollment for ascend does close March 31st uh, so all you need to do to take advantage of that is to submit an application by March 31st. So make sure that if you're interested in send, you go ahead and do that. Uh, we will also be talking today about our Zimbabwe mission trip. The link to uh, register for that and to get more information will be included in these show notes. So definitely check that out as well. Awesome. Well, I am joined today by Ellie Smith, who's our Director of Admissions, Uh, Victoria Groves, who is an Unbound alumnus and is currently serving um, in Costa Rica, and then Kamel Makaya, who is serving um, with her family in the long term mission work in Kenya. So welcome, ladies. I'm so excited about this, uh, particularly because there are a variety of experiences and perspectives here. Uh, so Ellie, you and I have been involved in what we might call short-term missions. Uh, Victoria, you've been involved in what we might call mid-term missions. Um, and then Camille, you've obviously been involved in long-term mission work with your family. Um, so as we get started here, um, I think it is worth noting that we we often have a misconception, at least in the Western world, Um, about mission work and about ministry. Um, I really love scripture's definition of ministry as simply building up the body of Christ, and there are myriad ways that each of you ladies uh, is doing that in daily life, and not only in your work serving in a different country. Uh, But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to be focusing primarily around that idea of serving in a different country, Uh, So just to kick off, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your backgrounds when it comes to mission work, uh, specifically abroad. So Ellie, do you want to go ahead and kick us off here? Just tell us a little bit about how you first got involved in missions and what that looked like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have served outside of the States once. Um, I've also only traveled outside of the state once. So that was a combination experience for me. I got involved through missions um, with Unbound. So Unbound has a partnership with Global Encounter, and that's actually how we run all of our short-term missions trips. And so I got involved because I had actually heard about the Unbound mission trip through Victoria Groves, who's also on this podcast, and had gone um, a year or two before I did. Um, so that's how I heard about it. And I knew a few other Unbound students who had gone. And so I became interested, um, I went in, I actually always say this year wrong, but i Went in 2018, I believe, um, with a team to Ecuador. And Victoria Grant was on that team with me. And that was my first time, again, traveling outside the country and also serving a mission trip. Um, and I was, beforehand, I was pretty skeptical of short-term missions. Um, I My exposure to short-term missions was fairly limited in terms of I knew some people who had gone on short-term mission trips to build a school. And they, it was just kind of like an in-and-out thing. And to me, I wasn't seeing the value of the in and out thing. And so I, d- I didn't see a lot of um, relationship value there. And I always wondered, um, or I always thought if I went on mission trips, I would want it to be for the purpose of building relationships with the locals there, serving alongside people who were serving there. And I wasn't seeing that in short-term missions trips I was aware of. Um, that was definitely, for the most part, a myth that got busted for me whenever I went on the short-term mission trip with Unbound. Um, and I found out that um, at least that team partners with local churches wherever they go. And so you do get to serve alongside locals and build relationships with people there um, who are serving long-term. And so my experience with missions was definitely um, very positive in terms of going in with an expectation that was somewhat negative and having that bust whenever I um, got there and, and began serving. So I, was, I got involved through Global Encounter with Unbound, um, went to Ecuador, served there um, for, I think, 10 days and got to meet a lot of... Um, local people and get involved with a local church and it was just a really cool experience so um, i am actually planning on going on the zimbabwe trip that we've been talking about here and have been planning to go for um, about a year and a half but thanks to COVID in 2020 that has continually been pushed down so one of these days we will get there
0: yeah very cool thanks ellie Uh, Victoria, how about you? Can you give us a little bit of your background, kind of how you got involved in missions and what that's looked like for you? You've also had the the COVID train kind of mix things up a little bit for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So my first experience on an international missions trip was in 2015, like Ellie said, with the Unbound Crew. We went to Ecuador. We did mostly a lot of children's ministry. And then the following year, I went with my church to Nicaragua. And again, did a short-term trip, mostly just doing children's ministry. Um, And both of those were really sweet times for me to experience what it was like to uh, be in another culture and yet worship the same God. Um, I think one of my favorite memories was just being alongside people as they were worshiping in Spanish while we were in English and just realizing that God can cross all those cultural boundaries. Um, Yeah, that really got me super passionate about doing international missions trips. Um, and so, about a year, year or two later, heard about the World Race, which is traditionally in 11 countries in 11 months, missions trip. Um, heard about that, and then through God doing a lot of stuff, signed up for that and launched beginning of 2020. Went for about two and a half months. to got to go to Australia, Indonesia, and India for getting called home because of COVID yay for that little interruption. And now finally got to relaunch again, beginning of this year. We just spent the last two months in Guatemala doing good variety of different ministries. And we just got to Costa Rica about a week ago. So we are here in Costa Rica right now.
0: Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) And Camille, finally, how about you? I know this has been more of a lifelong thing for you. So tell us a little bit about your background and how that's looked for your family.
3: Sure. Uh, So I was born in Zimbabwe. That's where my parents are from. That's where they grew up. My grandparents as well. And around the time that I was like a year old, a year and a half, uh, my parents made the move to Knoxville, Tennessee uh, to go to Bible school. And they had already gotten college degrees in um, more like traditional fields. um, But they decided that they wanted to go full-time into ministry and wanted to get education specifically for that. Um, So they had been serving in their church already, but decided to go ahead and go to Bible school. So we moved to Knoxville, Tennessee for four years. And then after that, we eventually ended up in Kenya after like a couple months in Zimbabwe, but we ended up in Kenya and we were only going to be here for a year or two. Um, My dad was working for a media house here. Um, but then just for a variety of reasons, I ended up staying. And my mom started a school here uh, for underprivileged students. And so we've been here since 2005. Um, so it's been, it's been a while uh, now. And um, my dad continues to work in media production for churches and parachurch, or- para-church organizations. And my mom continues to run a school. Of about 150, 160 students, and then uh, like for me personally, I didn't really do a whole lot with missions growing up. Um, We would have um, short-term teams here, and so like as a kid, maybe they would stay at our house, or we would have them for dinner. um, And I went to a Christian school, and eventually, once you get to Uh, like middle school high school age they send you on these short-term trips they're about a week long um, to different communities here but they're very much um, kind of they're very quick Uh, like Ellie was saying they're very quick we were very young um, so we didn't know a whole ton Um, but Throughout all of that time, I also got involved with a student ministry, and so most of the ministry work, I guess, uh, that I did was with student ministries. Um, and whether it was at church or with um, middle school and high school students at a camp or running Bible studies, that was mo- that was where most of my like ministry experience or exposure came from, rather than being on the typical like mission field as like people would expect for it to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, Camille, you bring up an interesting point. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's neat to see how God uh, brings different people to different places to the point where there almost isn't an, a normal mission field in terms of, of the different ways that we can serve and the different uh, opportunities available there. You guys all talked about this a little bit already, but let's let's dig into it a little bit more. Um, one of the beautiful things about the different, you know, different kinds, different methods of of doing missions is that the heart doesn't change. Obviously, we're to share the love of Christ and we're to share the gospel with people. Um, but the way that we do that looks different depending on the length of the trip and and the nature thereof. So, Ellie, let's go ahead and just start with you again. Um, do you mind just sharing a little bit more about kind of what life looked like for you on the short-term mission trip? Um, you said you're there for about 10 days, so kind of what that looks like.
1: Yeah, um, it was very busy. So when you're only there for 10 days, um, we were running a program that was very similar to, well, Victoria mentioned this, it was um, Children's Ministry. And so it's very similar to VBS, if you've ever um, put it on anything like that. And so that's what we're doing every day so we had um, that happening every morning there's typically um, something else that happened in the afternoon with the kids so we had a pretty full day working with the kids and then since we were there um, for only 10 days i believe we took one day Um, as a team to do something kind of exploratory in the area. Um, We went hiking up what was at least the highest peak locally where we were, which was a really cool experience. Um, And we actually got to do that. And then anything else we did outside of um, directly serving with the kids, we also did with our translators. So in Ecuador, um, our team that went, I believe was around eight, from the States, but then we had, I think, four translators during our team when we got to Ecuador, which was really cool because they had actually all, at least most of them, had experience the children's ministry themselves, um, and so they were very familiar with um, what we were doing with the kids, and the kids knew them, and so it was a really neat way to kind of bridge the language barrier um, that we experienced in Ecuador. But yeah, so day to day, we um, we ate with the family that was hosting us, which was really cool. We got to have um, just about every meal there with them. And then we would serve and where we were serving, we serve in two different places in, in Ecuador. But most for the most part, where we served is actually just right across the street from where we were staying. So we just got to walk over in the mornings and um, the afternoons and be with the kids and um we had we were kind of divided up into different teams. And so there were approximately one to two people on a team. We had a story team, a crafts team, um, a games team. And we came down in the evenings and did um, a short lesson and worship with the kids. So the the day to day again was was pretty busy, but it was um fast paced and really fun. Um I would say that in my experience with that short-term missions trip, the one way that I found I don't know, because when I went in, I was I was really intimidated by how can I be effective in this area if I'm only here for such a short period of time. Um, and I was worried about the language barrier and just, again, just the quick in and out. Um, but having the translators and building relationships with them while we are there, and also just being really intentional with the kids in one-on-one settings whenever possible, um, I think it's easy to get caught up in the schedule of what is supposed to happen and checking boxes off as you're serving and being like, all right, they've gone to the story team, got to get them through the game team and just like on and on. It's very easy to lose the connection with the, the kids that you're working with. And so I would say maybe the first day we felt like that and it was it was a little stressful. But once we kind of let that go and just went with the flow, um, which I've only been on one short term mission trip, but that was another thing I learned, like you've really just got to go with the flow whenever you're um, serving with serving a lot of kids. And then um, just with, with a, such a smaller team, too, where we were, um, things changed day to day. And so um, that was another thing that we experienced. We definitely had plans shift and change. Um, one example of that was we served mostly with grade school kids. And um, at the very end, we ended up having the opportunity last minute to put on um, a short session for the local teens. And that was something we had not prepared for and we're not expecting. And so on the fly one afternoon, we put together um, curriculum, I guess you could say, for the teens. in about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes to an hour, um, and then hosted that within the next hour. So it was very rushed, but it was really, really cool. That ended up being one of the more, um, I guess, intimate experiences for our team because the teams were very responsive to us and um, really, really, really loved having um, our team interact with them again, because it was unexpected. So it was a unique opportunity that came up. Um, but yeah, so I would say it, it's very busy. Um, there's a lot of things scheduled, but there's also a lot of things that happen that you don't expect. And so it can be, it can be really fun, even though it's challenging um, to just see what happens outside of the, the docket that you go in with um, from the airport, because never, it never looks exactly the same.
0: <laughs> I would echo that does not, but man, God does such beautiful things when we're not expecting it. All right, Victoria, how about you? Can you let us know a little bit about what life has looked like for you? And I'm sure it kind of differs country to country with your work. But what does life kind of look like for you on on maybe like a midterms length trip?
2: Yeah, yeah. I would say it's kind of an interesting balance of trying to be intentional because we're not here for very long. I mean, it's kind of a midterm, but the way the world race works is we're moving to a new country pretty much every month. Um it's a little different now that we have COVID. We're actually staying in Guatemala for two months. We'll so be here in Costa Rica for two months. So I am excited to have more of a midterm experience. Um I would say in Guatemala it was um it was a really sweet time of learning to be intentional, uh, like Ellie was saying, to be interruptible.
3: Um
2: but also be willing to go deep, even though we knew it still wasn't gonna be that long. Um we got to work with a host there who we stayed on the site with his family, which is a really sweet time to have meals with them, um, work alongside them pretty much constantly. There wasn't a lot of time away. And I think that's just a good reminder that no matter how long you're doing this mission trip with them, like you were doing life with the people that you were serving. And it's not you coming in and trying to just change something for them, but to come alongside them. Um, yeah, so I'd say that's probably the most impactful thing that I learned as far as balancing that for a midterm trip is be intentional, like use the time that you have and use it well, and then come alongside people where they are and serve with them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful reminder, thank you. Camille, how about for you? I know you talked about this a little bit already, but what does life look like for you um and your family? as being missionaries on a long-term basis?
3: Um, there are a lot of different aspects of it, but I will I will try to stick to a few. I think the main thing um, that, you know, Victoria and Ellie also mentioned is there's a lot of relationship building and trust building that has to happen. Um, and a lot of government paperwork, <laughs> um, especially if you're in a country that isn't your country of, uh citizenship uh but it's a you just have to keep reminding yourself that you're playing the long game and you're not there for a week um you're not necessarily there for just like a month uh you're there for a long haul, and so that means pacing yourself um that means that you can't expect to see change necessarily immediately. Um and also learning that you're here regardless of change in a way. Like you're um for example, um uh, with my mom's school, uh, she started with like the eldest kids when they were about like five years old and now they're like twelve, thirteen, like they're pretty grown now. Um, but you know, at the beginning it wasn't like you can't expect them to be 10 year olds when they're five, you know, they're going to be five-year-olds and they're going to do five-year-old things and they're going to act like five-year-olds. Um, and so to expect them to like just be so excited about, um, I don't know, like I don't, maybe like reading the Bible or just reading and doing math and learning social studies, like they might not be <laughs> it, like, it. Like it's okay if one day they they're just not into it and they don't want to be there, and you just have to keep showing up and loving the best that you can um, and then another big aspect of long term missions is fundraising um and that's a part of i think most most mission trips um, the only I think slight difference there is with long term missions is that you're Paying for more stuff because you're there for a longer time. Um, And so you're looking at rent and you're looking at if you have uh, children, you're looking at schools and school fees. And, you know, depending on the country you're in, maybe they don't have a strong public school program. So you're looking at private schools and you're looking at um, if you ever want to visit your family while you're on the field, you have to look at flights and, you know, you're looking at all these different expenses. Um, and not only are you working to build relationships with the people that you're working with, um, you're also still doing your best to maintain relationships with your donors and the different people who are partnering with you. Um, and so, a big part of our lives growing up was that every four ish years, we would travel to the States and we would like visit all these different churches. Um, around the country just to update them on like what's going on um, with our our personal lives and also with uh, my parents ministry. Um, So I'd say the two biggest things um, are relationship building and just you pace yourself just really pace yourself (laughs) Uh, because it won't be easy Um, in the same way that you or I might not trust people immediately. Other people don't necessarily trust people immediately. Um, And then also fundraising. Fundraising is huge. If you don't like fundraising, long-term missions will be very difficult. I don't like fundraising.
0: (laughs) 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 It's hard. It's just really difficult. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Wow. No, that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Thank you, guys well let's let's take this slightly differently. I'd love to to do some individual questions here really quick. um but ellie, you you talked you know when we first started about um how you had a lot of hesitations about short-term missions. you didn't want the in and out thing you wanted to be able to focus on building relationships. Um, I know a lot of times we kind of have a picture of of short-term missions as being you know a youth group going to a place for a week and getting into trouble or putting the fifth coat of paint on the orphanage and then going home um and not really making a difference so, can you tell us a little bit more about how that, you know, you, you mentioned that was not your experience um, and do you have any perspectives on how people can be more effective in a short-term setting?
1: Yeah. So one thing that I realized whenever I got to Ecuador and we did meet up with the pastor of the local church where we were helping um, one of the first things we did was we attended church with them. And so we were immediately immersed into the local community um, and saw all the work that was already happening and it being very clear that what we were doing was a partnership. Like we were coming into something that was already set, was already running. Um, they were expecting us. They expected different short-term teams at different times. So it was something that they were very used to um, having these teams come in. And they had basically set. They had set a lot of things up for us as as hosts, which is very interesting. Like we came in, and I. I realized that you know they were they were welcoming us into their homes and their church as guests to what they were already doing. So we went in and my expectation was that we were going to come in and um, work really hard which we really which we did, but my expectation was a little bit more disjointed I think than what I found out it was. So I came in I realized like they were expecting us to come in as guests and now we're partnering with them um, as essentially as friends to continue the ministry that they've already started and have been running for so long, which is really cool. So one of the things that I found out was the, um the building where we were hosting the children's program had been built at least somewhat recently. I'm not sure what the timeline was, but I got to hear from Locals who serve with these kids about that process and how they had been working to to build this location and the whole experience with the local community of coming together to build it, um, which again kind of broke the expectation for me where you know people just come in and they build and they leave, and this was just such a local community effort um, and very church centered. So at the center of this community effort was the local church, um, which was really cool. So that was definitely. Um, contrary to what I was expecting short term missions to be, which is really neat. Um, And I would say that in terms of how to be the most effective in that situation, my experience was making the most of the local connection. So um, don't just work with the people you're with, but actually do life with them as intentionally as you can. So we had some of that set up for us, um, like the meals and things like that. But our translator team went everywhere with us. And so there was not any point in time where our team felt complete when the translators were not there. That was when our team was complete was when we we met up with translators and it felt fractioned whenever they weren't there. Um, So being really intentional with um, that and bringing those two teams together was really important. Um, The meals were really important and just being intentional with the kids. So I had a really, funny experience with one of the kids. So like I said earlier, there was a major language barrier for me because I do not speak Spanish. And though I picked up a little bit here and there in Ecuador, um, I was certainly not fluent at all. Um, So I could not communicate with the kids in the same way that they communicate with each other but I knew how to ask them their name. And so this one little boy came up to me and I asked him his name and he wouldn't answer me. And then he asked me my name. And so I told him that my name was Ellie and he just sort of laughed and ran away. So the next time I came across him, I asked him again what his name is. And he kind of smirked at me and he goes, Ellie, and then runs. And I was like, that is not your name. And so (laughs) later on we would come up to each other again. And every time it was the same little charade, like he would never tell me his name, but now that he knew my name, he would just, Tell me that was his name, and so it was a little bit of a copycat situation. But it was really funny because that was the one of the one ways we were communicating all week long. They we weren't saying a whole lot. Um, definitely had a bond with that child um, that I didn't have with every other child, um, just because of that one experience. And so also not taking the language barrier to be um, as I, I went in thinking it was going to be a little more crippling than it was, and, and it really wasn't. Um, that one thing that um, kind of like Camille was saying with kids across the board, like kids are kids and five-year-olds are five-year-olds no matter where you find five-year-olds. And that was another thing that I realized. I was like, you know, we are working with kids who speak a different language, but at the end of the day, this was, I was like, I feel like I'm I'm dealing with children in very similar ways. I have dealt with them in all other VBS situations. I'm just in a different country and they communicate in similar ways and they have similar needs and things like that. And so um, recognizing that as well and just being willing to interact with them as kids and as friends really, um, helped a lot, and by the end you leave, and the kids are like they're they're like chasing you out of the building, and they want to come play with you, and they're hanging all over you, and it's just a really neat experience, and they welcome you so much. I feel like the the kids welcomed us so much more readily than I entered the culture. Um, so I was entering somewhat hesitantly because I was worried about the barriers and they were just, you know, pulling you in and they were like, we don't have time to talk about barriers and worry about this. You just need to come and play with us and hang out and be engaged. And so I think just embracing all of that. And like Victoria said, be very interruptible because kids are wonderful at interrupting all of your plans and just going with that is the way that I found, um, to be the most effective and make the most meaningful connections. Um, I'm not sure exactly how meaningful it was for the kids, but I know it was very meaningful to me. Um, so it was really an experience, and I would say that was definitely the one way that I found to be the most effective in terms of connecting in such a short time.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I I would echo and and just emphasize, yeah, the being available um and being interruptible. That's a, a wonderful reminder. Um, Victoria, you are somebody with an incredible, uh, sense of adventure. And I know I really respect how much you're willing to push yourself and step outside of your comfort zone, but I would just love to hear a little bit about how, you know, your work abroad specifically has kind of deepened or challenged you, you know, your comfort zone, your walk with the Lord are willing to talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a big family. I have nine siblings, so I was used to being around a lot of people, but it's a little bit different when it's people you don't know. So when I launched in my first world race, along with 30 other people who were like peers, they were all close to my age. Um, that was definitely something that challenged me to learn what it looks like to live and grow in community and to live out our faith alongside each other. So that was um, something that taught me how to show grace to each other, how to receive grace for myself. And through that, I think my relationship with God was able to go deeper because I got to live out the practical side of that. Uh, Something they say here on The World Race is life is ministry and ministry is life. So it doesn't, our ministry doesn't stop when we get back to wherever our host side is. Like we are continuing that when we are in our teams, when we are sleeping in a room with six other people and it's hot and we're all sweaty and we don't want to be there at that time. Like that ministry continues even then. Um, And I think it's just a neat picture of what God created the church to look like, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, is to be out there serving and doing things um, in a lot of very practical ways that can be done internationally, but can also be done at home, just to have that mindset of being interruptible, going out somewhere, whether you're buying groceries, whatever, and just being available for God to use you there. Um, I think how that changed my relationship, specifically my personal relationship with God, is I've been able to experience his love way more deeply for myself. And through that, I've learned to show that more deeply for other people. Um, there's a time, honestly, just a couple of weeks ago during our training that we, we were doing some different stuff, we were training, following some things. And through that, God, like, spoke some words over me and just his incredible love, um, uh, just kind of wrecked me like you know when you have those words that just speak to your heart and something that you really needed to hear um so I just felt so like overfilled with his love and then later we were going out and doing some activations and just sharing the gospel with people on the street and I think it opened my eyes to a new way to do that that it's not um just going out there and like beating them over the head and telling them they're a sinner but so look at them and see like that's God's child too like that's his prince and his princess out there and we get to experience to love them and to love them well by sharing this gospel message with them and it's not uh not like a, a burden or something that we have to do just because God told us to do but it's something that we get to just go out there and we get to show that love that God's shown us so I think yeah just having that deeper relationship and like Filling with God within myself has allowed me, like, to change how I see other people, how I go out and serve, and even just like the reasons that why I go and do it. Yeah,
0: it's been it's been really sweet for sure. Yeah, how cool! Thank you, Victoria. And Camille, you mentioned earlier, you, know, you talked about playing the long game. You talked about some of the challenges of really being in there or the long haul. Um, I would just love to hear a little bit. You know, would you be willing to speak to you know, some of the the best parts that you've seen of being somewhere long-term and being really plugged in and having those relationships. And maybe also, you know, speak to the the hardest part of that as well.
3: Mm -hmm. I think the best part is getting to see communities grow and change, um, whatever that means for your specific context. Um, Here, um, that's looked like, seeing my parents school grow um not just a number but like watching the kids grow up and go from you know reading picture books to now you know they're preparing for high school and just seeing them go through that process um has been really cool and also i've been able to meet so many different people through my parents ministry um people um, like at the church that I grew up with, where people who come on short-term trips, um, as well as all the different people uh, we met or meet on our like fundraising trips, um, you learn so much um, from meeting different people and hearing different perspectives. And it's been cool to be able to share um, bits of our lives. With those people, those different people, and get to share bits of their lives um and I think the hardest part uh probably has been um that I haven't grown up around my family like um like my relatives uh just because they're some are in Zimbabwe, some are elsewhere in the world um and it it doesn't just hasn't worked out uh for us to see them very often. And so I didn't grow up around my cousins or around my grandmothers, um, but thankfully now with technology, um, that's been a little bit better uh, because we can just call them and it's not uh, as expensive as it was when we uh, first moved here. So that's been good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as we come to the end of this podcast, I'm pretty sure we could talk uh, for hours about everyone's different experiences. Um, but just as we kind of close things up here, uh, I know at the beginning of this podcast, we talked a little bit about kind of the the popular conceptions of what it means to do ministry or do missions. Um, and here, you know, we've talked about short-term missions. We've talked about mid-term missions. I'm kind of making that term up, but we'll roll with it. Um, long-term missions. But I think honestly, um, it can really be argued that we're called to a missions, life, uh, however that looks, and um, and maybe that looks like serving overseas, and maybe it means like serving in your backyard. So, I would just love to open this up to you know any of you. Um, I know some people really feel called, you know, quote unquote, to to ministries or to missions, and other people don't think that. So, how how would you respond to somebody who's you know trying to think about missions or ministry or how they're called to serve?
2: I would say find a spot to serve. It doesn't really matter where, but absolutely find somewhere to serve and be open to what God wants to do through that, whether you're in the States, whether you're in another country, um, just allow God to use you and to change your heart through that. Because I 100% believe that uh, we go out to serve other people. But a lot of the times, I think we come back being more changed and more impacted, probably than we do for other people. Like, I don't know if you could like break down the percentage of like, did this much that changed that person's life versus how much it changed mine? I would say that your life will probably be changed more than you'll ever do that for other people, which is a cool way just to see that God, you know, he cares about us too and he cares about the way that we're serving and we're wanting to change ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, if you are feeling called specifically for a missions trip um maybe you talk to your church if they have some local ones to start with you can even if you feel called to long-term missions try to find something short-term just to kind of get your foot in the water figure out where you want to serve and what you want to do um, to give this like a little trial run but for sure i would highly recommend it for everyone if you can do international i think that's better just because you do get some cool cultural context that comes into sharing the gospel and loving other people well but even if you do something local like just go into your town find a spot to serve um, there's always something you can do to help other people but 100% recommend it
3: I agree with that um, with the idea that you should serve where you are like when you can Um, and I know that for me personally growing up it was really hard for me to find where I fit. Um, my parents were full-time missionaries and I didn't feel like that's where I wanted to be. And I grew up with a lot of missionary kids at school. Um, and a lot of them, you know, even from the age of like eight, nine, were like I'm going to go into full-time missions when I graduate high school. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do because it feels like everybody around me, um, is serving in missions or, um, at church, my parents were very involved in church. And so I hung out with a lot of the kids that were like church staff kids. And so like everywhere I went, I was a part of the like staff kids, missionary kids, like everybody around me is in missions. Everything is about ministry. And I didn't know where I fit in that. Um, and I've had to learn as I've gotten older, that I can serve as I am, like as the person I am and there are ways that I really like to serve people. Um so I like really love spreadsheets um and I like organizing things and talking to people and that can be my service. It doesn't have to look like what I thought missions had to look like. It doesn't have to look like what I thought ministry looked like um because who you are, who God's created to be, is you to be, isn't an accident. Um, and so you can serve as yourself. You don't have to like fit into a mold of what other people think
1: ministry should look like. And that's been something I've had to learn. Yeah, I would say um, in my experience, I really struggled with feeling called to mission work um, when I was trying to decide to go to Ecuador or not had a hard time deciding because I didn't feel specifically called to Ecuador. I didn't feel specifically called to a place um, in particular, whether that was stateside or international. And I had someone, I was talking to someone about this and just kind of running through my questions and trying to figure out, is this really the right thing to do if I don't feel called to be there? Will I really be able to serve well if I don't feel called to be there? And um, the response they got was that sometimes the question isn't um, where am I, am I called to go? But the question is, am I called to stay? And that was the last time I asked the question because that answer solidified that I was definitely supposed to go because I did not feel called to stay where I was. There wasn't um, there wasn't something in particular that me leaving was going like wasn't stepping out of something um, that I was there was no local service I was stepping out of to go. Um, I wasn't currently um, involved in community in a specific way that would, um, I wouldn't be like breaking that to go. So there were a lot of things that I just looked at my local situation and where I was. And I thought, you know, I don't particularly feel called to stay, just like, I don't feel called to go to one specific place. Um, and that for me was what solidified that I, I should go. Um, and that it wasn't really about the the specific place. Um, it was about service. and I did feel called to serve. I knew that I was called to serve. Um, and I felt that as. Christians that as a Christian, I was called to serve um, regardless of of where. And the fact that I didn't know where didn't negate the fact that I was still called to serve. And I saw Ecuador as an opportunity to fulfill that. um, And so that's why I ended up going. So I would also say that if you do feel overwhelmed (laughs) about the where and, um, you know, the specific place that maybe even just looking at where you are currently and seeing, am I called to stay here? And if the answer is yes, then like Victoria said, you know, tap into something local where you can serve. And if the answer is no, then you know, maybe take that opportunity that that's knocking that international trip or or something like that, because not always called to stay. And sometimes that's a better question to ask.
0: Yeah. Wow, thank you all so much. Well, that will bring us to the end of our podcast here. But as we mentioned, we will be traveling to Zimbabwe this October, Lord willing. So very excited about that. Um, hopefully we'll be doing a follow-up podcast with uh, Camille also about that specifically. So if you have any questions about how you can get involved in Unbound Mission specifically, please feel free to reach out. You can contact me directly at Victoria bnbound.us with any questions. Um, and we'd absolutely love to have you with us on that trip. So definitely let us know if you are interested in more information. Um, And again, just a reminder that um, early enrollment pricing for Ascend will be wrapping up on the 31st. So if you're interested in Ascend, definitely submit an application before then. Uh, And finally, if you're an Unbound student and you know somebody who wants to enroll, you can also refer them and get some seriously awesome perks for both of you. So definitely take advantage of that as well. Ellie, Victoria, Kamel, thank you so much for your time today. I sure appreciate it. Thank you all for listening and we will catch you next week.